Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. First off, I want to thank our supporting partners who make this podcast possible, and this month that's Kotick and the Strength Factory. I've ridden Kotick's for a long while now and I'm a massive fan of their bikes, but I also love their ethos as a brand. Kotick is a small company who are focused on their customers and doing great things for the sport. Being customer focused is always a great thing, but with parts in short supply globally, it's even more important right now. Kotick will do everything they can to help you get a new bike. They now offer partial builds so you can swap over good parts from your current bike and they'll even let you send them parts that you've sourced and they'll build them into your shiny new bike for you. With Kotick, it really is your bike built for you. Give them a call and you'll get to speak to an actual human who will help you through the process of getting your dream build ready to go. Also, with their UK manufacturing of the suspension bikes, they've often got stock when others don't. And if, after all that, you don't get on with your new ride, they offer a 30-day love-it-or-your-money-back guarantee. What you might not know is that from the very start, Kotick were one of the first brands to get behind trash-free trails. More recently, Kotick have been heavily involved in the Trash Mob Academy, which works with children who've been excluded from the mainstream education system. And it runs a combination of classroom-based work and mountain bike sessions where they not only ride, but clean up the trails too. Kotick have matched donations with support from their photographer and marketing man Richard, as well as lending bikes for the sessions. Through increasing their appreciation of nature and providing access to an activity as awesome as mountain biking, these kids are making huge progress in their engagement with education, which has the potential to be massively transformative for these young people. You can find out more about Kotick support for the Trash Mob Academy by heading to their news page at kotick.co.uk forward slash news. If you want to find out more about Kotick in general and check out their awesome bikes, you can do that at kotick.co.uk. Ben from the Strength Factory came on the podcast late last year to chat about fitness for the everyday mountain biker. The episode is full of wisdom and has been really popular. So if you've not heard it yet, then you can find it at downtimepodcast.com forward slash everyday dash fitness. January is the time of the year where a lot of us are thinking about being fitter and being better, which translates to more good times and more speed on the bike. Unfortunately, most people set off with good intentions, but don't stick with it, often because they've gone at it too hard. Strength Factory doesn't want to see you quit. They want to help make your whole year better. Their over 40s MTB programmer is an achievable 20 week plan, which is designed to fit around the ups and downs that life throws at us so that you can stick at it, be consistent and reap the rewards. The program is flexible so you can hit the gym if you like, but you can also do it at home with just a few cheap resistance bands. So whatever life throws at us in 2022, you can keep going and really make improvements in your fitness. So if you want to be better this year, then head over to thestrengthfactory.uk now and check it out. That's thestrengthfactory.uk. There's a couple of other things I'd love you to check out too, and the first of those is Downtime EP. EP is Mountain Biking's newest biannual print journal and a collaboration with the incredible team over at Misspent Summers. If you're into great journalism and stunning photography, all in a lovely tactile print-only format, then head over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP, where you can either subscribe or purchase a one-off copy of the first edition. Secondly, if you're keen to support what I'm doing, then you can do that by grabbing yourself some Downtime merch over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. There's t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, shorts and joggers. It's all organic, made with a supply chain using renewable energy, printed to order and shipped using no single-use plastics. All the links you need for all of this great stuff are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. To make sure you don't miss an episode of the podcast, make sure you're following us wherever it is you listen. There's probably going to be a button there that says follow or subscribe, so hit that now. If you can't find the button, then downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe has links to all the major platforms there to help you get subscribed. 
Also, give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook where we're at Downtime Podcast. That way you'll be able to keep up to date with what we're up to and never miss a thing. All right, today I'm catching up with Katie Winton. After being left without a pro team ride for 2021, Katie went all in on creating her own program. We sat down to find out how that panned out over the 2021 season. As we've come to expect from Katie, this is an open and honest conversation about the ups and downs of the experience she's had. We chat about the psychological element of the huge changes that Katie experienced and how she dealt with it. Hear about the reality of the workload involved in managing a team, training and racing at a high level on the world stage and the impact that that had on Katie's physical and mental health. This story has a happy ending with Katie picking up a ride with GT Factory Racing for 2022 and we talk about how that came together and get Katie's thoughts on that programme and what 2022 has to offer. I personally find the grit and determination involved here as well as the thought, the processes and the support that have made it possible pretty amazing and I hope you do too. So without further ado, here's Katie Winton. Katie Winton, welcome back once again to the Downtime Podcast. We've been fighting some technical demons for a little while, but we've got through it, come out the other side and we're good to go, right? Yeah, we are. Thanks very much for having me back on. It's good to be here. That's a pleasure. Yeah, how's life? Yeah, well, good. Well, very good, actually. Currently in New Zealand. It's a beautiful day outside and it's summertime. So, yeah, happy days. Life is good. So yeah, let's mm. let's go back over things that have gone on since the last time we spoke. So I think it was April 2021, last time you came on the show, and you'd just been through the process of kind of pulling everything together for your season. But there was an important part of your support structure missing at that point in time, and that was your partner, Joe. But I think he arrived into the UK pretty shortly after that, right? It must have been must have been nice after all that time. Yeah. I mean, that was like seven months of a long distance relationship and basically everything falling apart for me and us being apart so it was a really really challenging time but he came back in at the beginning of June and that was kind of the start of things getting better which was nice so and then we've been together ever since which is good I've managed to get back here so we didn't have to do that long distance thing again so yeah really really good nice happy days yeah so how how did you feel your training had been going kind of up to that point in time because you know you've been pretty flat out it's a lot of emails it's a lot of work and it's a lot of stress pulling together a program in the way that that you did like how are you feeling physically and uh getting ready for the season I guess well I think I had done everything I possibly could with what I had so I knew there was nothing more I could have done you know, I had been training really hard around all of that stress, but ultimately knew that there was going to be a hit because of that stress. You know, the just the sleepless nights. I didn't really realize that I hadn't really been sleeping very well at all for the whole time, you know, waking up at 4 a.m. most of the time, you know, just in that constant state of you know, just high stress, like, oh my God, how is this going to happen? Is it going to work out? Am I going to be able to do it? You know, um, and that takes a huge like knock on your training, regardless of what you've done. So at that point, I think I was just relieved that the sort of big pillars of support were in there and I was going to be able to actually go to the races. The, the true effects that it would have on my performance at that point I didn't 
I didn't really know. <laughs> but like I, I knew I'd done everything I could with what I had. So I was just, you know, that's all you can do. Yeah, yeah. Did you do you measure anything that kind of gives you an indicator of stress, like heart rate variability or anything like that? Or do you train like on feel basically? Yeah. I mean, I kind of just go with the feel because I've been doing this since I was like 14. I've got a pretty good knowledge of my body and I know what's going on. And I just, I knew I was really stressed, but the if I wasn't, if I took too much of a hit on my training, like if I didn't do as much training as I was doing, then I would start getting more stressed because I would be like, I'm not doing anything. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm an athlete. I want to be performing and I'm not training. You know, it doesn't make sense. So I was still training, but just, just enough you know just keeping it ticking over doing doing the work and I knew when it got too much and I needed to have a bit more of a break or when the stress was coming up and I'd be like right look Steve's my coach I was like Steve look we just need to, I need I need a week or something now that things are sorted out I just need to breathe for a little bit and let all the stress levels come down again and then crack back into it so it's kind of I don't personally like the the heart rate variabilities and things like that because I don't want to rely on it. Uh-huh. I don't want to wake up in the morning of a race and it's red, you know. I don't want any of that psychological thing. I like to be able to just convince myself that I'm good on race day regardless, you know. And So I, you know how to recover. You know you need to have good sleep. You know you need to eat good food. And I think it's really important to know your body. So I think if you're figuring that out it's a good reference to have but for me personally it's like it's another thing that I need to go on my phone to check it's another thing I need to charge it's you know all of these things and so it actually is uh sort of it takes more away than it would give me I I personally feel just for where I'm at in my career and how I how I know my body yeah yeah that's a fair mm. comment and you had you had a little bit of extra time I guess the start of the season was delayed which was probably a bit of a, a blessing in disguise at that point to kind of help you de-stress a bit and and uh and get ready to go out for the season but you didn't mess around you decided to buy a van and uh and kid it out ready to go to Europe right yeah 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 <laughs> it's just it's so ridiculous looking back on now like if the season had started when it was supposed to I wouldn't have been able to do it and actually I wouldn't have I would be so broke now if it had been the full season because I just wouldn't have been able to afford it. Um, but yeah, I, I like once the team stuff was all out there and I'd sorted all the brands and then I was like, right, okay, cool. How are you going to get there? Am I going to sell my van? You know, it was like it needed all those things needed to be sorted before I moved into the next phase. And I was like, right, okay, now you need to van. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like sold my van really quickly because the – UK market was insane for vans like people just wanted vans because they couldn't go on holiday like sweet buy a van and do up a van so like sold my van which was very sad because I loved that van and it was still perfectly good and I'd actually got that van through um Artemis who are like an investment finance finance investment company and they sponsored me money to buy a van and that's the van I bought this was like years ago and so it was quite sad because that was like, oh, bye to my lovely little van. <laughs> and then just reinvested that money into a new van, slightly bigger. 
and uh, started getting it kitted out. But this is all like three weeks before I need to leave for the, <laughs> for the first <laughs> race. <laughs> so it was, just, it was just absolutely mental, just flying by the seat of my pants. It's like, okay, right, this is in place. Now we need to go and do this and da-da-da. Okay, Joe's back now. He'll help too. <laughs> Amazing. But you got there. You got it already, right? Yeah, pretty much. It was just, it was super basic. We just did the like sound deadening, put some insulation in, um, and then put a bed in basically because we needed when you travel with bikes and you're doing racing most of the van is bikes bike parts and tires it's not a lot of space for the humans or the humans things (laughs) so we left it pretty open so that we could fit everything in and you know i didn't it was jenga but it wasn't too bad you know so we could we had space to move things around and put more stuff in if we needed to and yeah then it, then it was go time out to Europe. Yeah. How are you feeling on the bike? Because you've not had a huge amount of time, I guess. But uh, I mean, a lot of the componentry you're familiar with, but the mm. the kinematics and everything were pretty different. Yeah, I was. You know, that was a big part for me was was keeping on the Shram and Rockshock stuff because it was familiar. So trying to have as few changes as possible because I only got on the bike um, at the sort of middle to end of April and then it basically rained for the whole of May so there wasn't like a whole lot of time on it because it's even snowed in May you know what I mean like it's hard to test the bike when everything's freezing so I felt good on it pretty much straight away because that um seat tubes 380 and I'd had a and and I managed to fit a 150 dropper in so and it was a mullet. So there was a lot of things that gave me a lot more space, which is what I'd felt I'd been lacking in the past. So mm-hmm. I'd felt pretty good straight away. The tires were meant, you know, I was really, and also just totally buzzing to be, <laughs> to be on this program. Like, I've done it. Sweet. I've got this bike. It's meant, you know, and just, just got into it really. And he, I was like, I just had to get my head down and make it happen. You know, I didn't have a whole lot of testing, did a bit of work with Nuke Proof in May in the snow um, on a bit of a camp to sort of figure out, you know, the settings of the suspension and stuff like that. But then it was just all about riding and just riding and riding and riding to get as familiar as possible with it, really. Yeah. And you had a, a little shakedown race at home with the Tweedlove locals enduro in May, didn't you? Mm, did I? No, I don't think I did any races. Oh, I thought you raced the little locals enduro thing. Did you not win it? That was in July. That was the King Queen of the ah. Hill. Yeah. No, ah, I didn't do okay. any because I was supposed to go down to that Grisdale race, um, which was like one of the first races after COVID situation, but I got ill. <laughs> oh yeah that's so funny i've not really thought about that little chunk of time it was absolute (laughs) chaos buys van gets ill program set up trying to figure out how to ride a bike again you know there's so many things going on oh it's only three weeks until the season starts (laughs) but then it's off on the road right and that was crankworks your first stop yeah we went to crankworks innsbruck which was very cool yeah, how was it? It's racing downhill for first time in a wee while. Yeah, first time in quite a while. It was awesome. The track was really good for the wee bike, and it was just really interesting downhill because I was in B practice, so I did my first practice, and the track was mint, and it was really good. 
and you know like I'm I'm so used to enduro where you have to be ready after doing one run and I was kind of like cool I'm ready and then I was like right so what are they doing you know trying to figure out what's going on and I was actually like the first day of practice I shouldn't have been bothered with I should have just watched because I did go up and watch a practice walk down the track and see what lines people are taking and then I was like the track because when we went to race it or the morning of the race when we were practicing I was like the track is so different now to what it was at the start that actually missing the first day of practice and just watching and sussing lines and seeing what people are up to would have been more for me more beneficial than riding it just to sort of figure out what was going on because by the time we raced it it was just full of big holes you know and it was more about okay now these big holes are in place how do you avoid them what's the fastest line how are you going to carry speed through that rather than just knowing where the track went so that was a very cool learning experience and just good to try and find some top end speed before the EWS the next week really so it was cool yeah definitely good a good way to get kind of comfortable at race pace again and get between Mm. the tape and shake everything down how did how did it feel at that point did you feel like you're in a good place yeah I felt good I did, I just really enjoyed it and I was like right mint I knew I wasn't a hundred percent because I wanted to do better than how I how I did do but you know when you're when you're in it you're just like this is where I'm at okay crack on you know there's a practice started like two days later there was not there's nothing I can do between then and the, and the racing to to get any better so as a like, okay sweet I was just honestly just buzzing to be actually there and racing because for a while it wasn't I wasn't sure whether I'd be even be there so it was just meant I was like sweet we're in Europe we're going to EWS you know this is this is all good things definitely definitely yeah so first EWS was was a double header right Valder Fassa mm. at the end of June mm-hmm. uh, which I hear is a rather nice place to be was Glorious. it was it good being back at the at the EWS? Did you feel kind of, I guess, glad to be there with everything you'd been through? Or was it a little bit of a kind of a mixed blessing almost? Uh that first race was, you know, those first two were really really hard. Like, because I, you know, I obviously with the chaos just before, you know, you're just in a whirlwind, and then all of a sudden you're there, and it kind of hits you, and I was just like, whoa. Like I'm not, I'm not on a pro team anymore, you know, and I'm, I've, you know, like stoked I've made it here, but like, it's just a different feel. I was like, wow, you know, there's my old team, you know, there's a lot of processing going on. It's like, I'm here at this race for the first time without, you know, the people I'm used to being with that I've been here with for the past five years. And now I'm here on my own and I wasn't on my own kind of was translating to that in my mind and that's actually I was lucky enough that in in May Alan who's my performance coach came on and he was I honestly would not have got through those races without him because it was there was so much processing that needed to happen at those races in order for me to perform and if he wasn't sort of helping me process through it and going okay well this is what's actually going on and this is what you know this is how to deal with this that's happening then I probably I I would have possibly quit I possibly would have just been like this racing is too much I 
it's not fun anymore. I don't want to be here. This is not what I've signed up for. You know what I mean? Because it, there were mm-hmm. so many things compiling such a negative, like negative feeling for me. Yeah. So you know, his work really helped me get you know to grips with all of that and be like, okay, it's fine. You're not actually on your own. You've got a coach. You've got Alan. You've got Joe. I had Anna Buick there. She's a really good friend, and she was helping us out. You know, with just doing some food and just having given us some support while we were there and that was great I was like you're not actually on your own you've got a lot of people in your corner this is just different to how it was before but I think it was just everything that I had been through up until that point to get there and then I was finally there it was just like this massive release of like oh my god <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. yeah had he done some of that like process stuff with you before you went or was this were you like ringing him up while you're there like how did that work well he just he just approached me because I put out those first couple of videos and then I did like a post on my stories about stress you know the physical stress and emotional stress are exactly the same thing so if you're if that's really high you can't just keep training like madly you need to reduce it a little bit just to sort of balance out life otherwise you're going to blow up so um he got in contact with me and was like look uh, I'm keen to work with you if you're interested you know I just want to help out because I just I believe in you and all this stuff so then we had had a chat and then I'd been speaking to him for a few weeks you know on the lead up just to kind of get in the right place but you know the thing is that like, I was so worn down by this point, you know, that's what was really going on. I was just broken. And then I had to go to these races and perform at the highest level when I hadn't really had any time to sort of go, Ooh, you know, wow, nice. We made it. Everything's fine. You know, it's all, all all right. It just was straight into it. And I was still just like, I'm so dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah having him helped just process all of that and keep me on track at a time where I could have just gone, nah, that's enough. That's absolutely enough. That's awesome mm-hmm. that he came uh, and put himself forward and helped you out through the season. Cause it sounds like it was a, an important part of things for you this year. Yeah. Absolute legend. Absolute legend. Really, really helpful. Very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about, I mean, you mentioned you had a little bit of support around you. Were you, did you have like, any kind of pit set up or just out of the accommodation, like any kind of mechanic in support or you, you literally doing all that stuff yourself? Pretty much all myself. Joe's really good at mechanic stuff. So if there was anything a little bit too complicated or like just getting the tire on, you know, like I can get most of it on, but sometimes it's just like too hard. So he'll just pop the end on. And then Shram was there for me. That was part of their deal. They were like, yep, we'll support you at the races and things, but just for, you know, the odd brake bleed and stuff like that. So it was good, really good to have that back up, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was really just Joe and I. And for that first week racing, we had Anna, which was awesome. Pretty brutal, though, trying to get used to, I guess, the process is totally different, right? You're used to having that full team support around you, and now you've got to, you've got to create your new race race week process I suppose that enables you to get everything done yeah I think what I was really lucky with was that I wasn't do I wasn't just me on my own like Joe and I are a really good team 
so we're quite efficient and we kind of think in a similar way for the process of how things should be done or what we're going to do and we eat relatively the same so (laughs) when we make food and stuff like that it's just like boom 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 okay food's made right okay let's watch gopros you know we're just it just happens so that was really good because you weren't having to sort of negotiate with other people that you were staying with or you know kind of move around with their plans and things which can be the way when you're a privateer you're just in with everybody and it's meant and it's good fun but for us it it made it a lot more efficient because we're both on the same page it's like boom 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 okay off we go and because we train together as well it's just kind of similar it's just you're at a race instead so that was that definitely made it an easier transition yeah what's the uh what's the go-to like post-practice meal What's the quick, <laughs> nutritious, filling, energy-full meal that you'd uh, smash together? It's a, a, a chicken fried rice, and that's been uh, passed down from Joe's mum to Joe, and uh, we have it all the time, which is good. But it's really quick because rice cookers, by the way, game changer. Absolute game yeah, changer. 100%. Stick the rice in the rice cooker, forget about it. Crack on with everything else, get all the veg in and all that, the chicken done, stick in the rice, boof, done. Yeah, so it's an efficient and filling feed. (laughs) Nice. What's going in with the chicken? What what veg are you throwing in there? Oh, it depends. Sometimes for real efficiency, it's frozen veg. Just uh, heat that up and then stick it in. Or capskin peppers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah um, New Zealand I've been in New Zealand yeah, I know I have to translate my words peppers courgette onion actually a carrot sometimes grate a carrot in there as well that's about it really usually solid goes veg bit of soy one. sauce yeah a bit of soy sauce bit of sweet and sour is it sweet oh. and sour yeah I think it's sweet and sour yeah on top yeah boof scoosh it nice. all around sometimes if you need a bit of extra protein hit we um like fry up an eggy omelette sort of situation and then chuck that in as well got you how would you know if you needed an extra protein hit what you're basing that off um that depends on how much we've done and also how much chicken we've got joe (laughs) joe is usually meat boy and i'm the veg girl (laughs) so he (laughs) he checks out the meat the mix plans of the ratios and the numbers of the grams and all of this he's all into all of that so he does this and i just chop up the veg <laughs> <laughs> fair play so you've got a team nutritionist then yeah yeah yeah. i mean we both have worked with um jamie scott a lot who's a new zealand guy here so he's kept us right on our, like our numbers of like the amount of protein and fats and blah 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 blah. so we both have have built up a base of knowledge thanks to him and then joe's always looking into this kind of stuff as well so yeah and then then because we're both we both know it we just do it and it's easy yeah very lucky (laughs) yeah good team Mm. so sixth and 15th i think in that first round at Mm. So, like how what was your kind of assessment of your performance after that first race um well I was pretty blown away to be honest I was like wow sixth because I hadn't been putting down good stage types at all like sort of ninth or tenth or whatever but I didn't I just kept doing it you know I was just consistent all day there was no drama just was getting through it each stage doof 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 and then that 
that's how it works sometimes you just are consistently there while people are having good stages and then terrible stages you know I was just there the whole time so I was pretty pleased with that but I think honestly because I was so smoked I was just like cool seventh uh, sixth right you know like just out of it you know like sweet we came sixth that's a good start you know right we've got another race in a day's time so get (laughs) on with it you know (laughs) yeah that must have been hard I guess coming off the back of like suboptimal training I guess even though you've put in Mm -hmm. all the graft there's only so much you can do with that level Mm -hmm. of stress in your body like having to go into those double header races where you've got a you've got a hit peak performance like a day Mm. yeah a day and a bit later from the first time you go do it yeah and I think that's where all season you could really see where my train you know where I hadn't been able to gain you know in, in my adaption and things because I couldn't hold for the second race you know I could get through a a race and do all right but then you know I didn't have that base or that the you know whatever was knocked off because of all the stress just wasn't allowing me to get through a double header consistently you know I was just I was done <laughs> second race <laughs> and there's not much you can do about it at that point in the season yeah. right you need a good chunk of time and once you're out of the races you're there right you've just got to get stuck in I guess yeah absolutely and when you've got those double headers the little things make a big difference so having that team around you and having having that support there so you aren't using so much capacity of your brain of everything you're just okay I've done the race now all I need to think about is my recovery so I'm going to have a shower I'm going to eat the food that someone's prepared for me and then I'm going to lie down. You know what I mean? Whereas I'm like, right, okay, have we got food at home? Yes, we've got food at home. We're going to need to do that. And then, all right, how's my bike? Okay, we need to go and wash that. Da, da, da. You know, so there's a lot more th- things that are just taking up energy that aren't a big deal. That's all completely doable, but those are little bits of energy that aren't going into the recovery, that aren't going into the performance. They're just, just percentages getting taken away. So I think that's what, I noticed the most throughout the whole season was like, okay, and just a real appreciation for how much the team can make a big difference. Yeah, massively. Mm. And was it was it kind of hard to not get demoralised by those results from like the second race of the double headers? Because the first race of the double headers, like you say, pretty stoked with that, right? Sixth mm. place coming mm-hmm. off the back of that winter, but then obviously coming out like two days later and getting fifteenth, like. How do you process that kind of mentally? Well, we did the pro stage and I was way off. But the the worst thing of the whole of that first chunk of racing, so that second race in Canada's Eye, I couldn't ride like myself. And that was the most frustrating. Like the result was one thing, but the most frustrating thing was like I was not able to ride. I was because my capacity was blown. And it rained and it was slippy and I didn't want to crash because I was like, you've got one chance this year to try and get back on a team or to, uh, you know, you build on what you've built so far with Moxie 11. You've got one season. You can't, I can't get injured right now because then, you know, I've got less races to prove myself. So there's all of that that's playing on you. It's also like, one thing I didn't realize was like, I was like, if you crash and hurt yourself, who's going to drive the van? You know, okay, yeah, you've got Joe there, whatever. But like, I didn't realize that these are things that I didn't have to think about before. 
and now all of a sudden they were there and I was like Shit, you know <laughs> if I you know if I crash what are the you know I can't afford to do that I can't afford to do that right now and then I wasn't then you ride stiffer then it's worse because yeah. it's slippy and so then it was just a whole bad time but it was just like I was so blown I was so blown I was so done I was so there was I had nothing left to give but I had to keep giving you know <laughs> I couldn't do a second race in one week I had put myself out there I'd brought got it all together and I'd done one race and I couldn't do a second one in a week I needed time to kind of come down after all that but there I was <laughs> having to do it not happy about it because I you know I'm giving everything I had and that's the thing it's like right it was a success because it was the best I had on the day but it was so heartbreaking because it was so so far from my true best you know and I just was getting through it and that was it you know but just it was horrible (laughs) it was horrible I haven't thought about that you're feeling the pressure to get results and show what you're capable of to try and get back towards being on a on the yeah works team I suppose I hadn't, mm-hmm. hadn't thought about that side of things. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you feel that throughout the season? Yeah, definitely, definitely. There was a huge, huge pressure on myself just in the background. You know, it wasn't at the forefront of my mind, but I just knew it was there because it was like, you know, I'd been so close to just going, you either continue doing this or you just quit, you know. You could just stop because you've had a really good run, <laughs> you know. You don't you know you could you could you could just stop because if it's going to be this stressful and if it's going to be this hard it's it's not actually worth it you know (laughs) like and so I was like you've got one chance to really try and prove almost to myself as well that I could still do it because I think there's a whole psychological element that goes into getting dropped that late when you're still punting out fourth and fifth places like and then no one's no one's really taking you on and you're not really sure what's you know because I was like right well maybe I'm maybe I'm just done you know if nobody's interested and fourth and fifth isn't good enough anymore then what's what is going to be good enough and what can I do this year that's gonna you know am I gonna have to win one of these things like this to in order to get the support or what's what's the deal but that's just extreme thinking when you're in a, a position of kind of like how how am I going to make this happen? And you know, you've got to stay well and in one piece in order to give yourself the best chance. But then is that taking away because you're not able to push harder to maybe get a better result? You know, it's a really difficult way up. Yeah, it's a proper tricky one to decide how to go. And and it, yeah. you didn't get much time before you had to head over to the Twill. There was only like a couple of weeks, I think, and another double header, seventh and thirteenth. So again, like mm-hmm. a similar kind of pattern, I guess, like a solid yeah. result from the first round, and then running on empty for the second year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, it, I mean, the whole season was like that, like a good result and then not such a good result, and I, it's hard turning up to these races knowing you're not a hundred percent and you've just got to keep turning up and keep going and keep doing it even though you're not quite right you know because it's, it's a vulnerable situation you're performing in front of all of these people and everyone's making judgments on you and you're also 
making judgments on yourself even though you know and I just had to accept I was like look you've done everything you could and it's not where you want to be but it's where you are and so just keep giving everything with what you have and that's that's it that's all you can do as frustrating as this is to keep turning up and know that you're not fully fit as you could be to know you're not you've still got all the stress pumping around your system and everything like that you're just gonna have to try and manage it and get through this just get through it <laughs> just get through it just Sounds get like the, through it <laughs> the motto for the season so yeah you, i guess early july that was so you, you came back to the uk there was a bit mm-hmm. of a break then until the start of september before the ews mm-hmm. sort of second half kicked off what did you do with that time like did you was there anything you felt that you could do to kind of improve your ability to be physically ready for those second set of races or did you just need some rest like how are you feeling well I knew I needed to rest for a little bit and just you know the first because it had been so intense on the lead up to those races then all of those races it was like right okay now you just need to try and bring these stress levels down and like actually try and you've done you've done it now sweet it's happened you're in one piece so now you can actually try and make a bit of a difference here so we were going to stay in Europe for a little bit just to get a bit more time riding out on the bikes, but it was real wet and rainy for a good few weeks on the forecast. So we were like, right, we'll just head home, which was a good choice because the weather was mint. So just got some time with the family, got some time with Joe. We just trained and chipped away at, well, my body was recovering, you know. Okay, sweet. Now hopefully it's going to actually make some adaptions with this training I'm doing and yeah just try to have a nice time just like okay you know everything's all right now buddy just calm down get rid of this stress and we're going to hit the next part of the season feeling more prepared than you were so that was kind of the the main focus while I was at home and then we headed out a little bit earlier because COVID made it easier so we could actually go out a bit earlier to do some prep Um, so that was meant the other thing was that because we'd already done a trip in the van, we already knew what we needed to take. Like that first trip, we had to be like, right, I was like, right, what spares do I need? How many tires do I need? You know, you're making all of these decisions. And because it's the first time you've done it, it always takes much more energy because you're figuring it out, you know? So then the second half was like, right, well, we've got our boxes that are filled with our spares. We already know what's in there. We know that we just need to add a couple more tires or whatever. So that all ready, it was... a a much less stressful event you know it was like right sweet everything's in the van we've packed the van oh we've actually packed the van much better than we did before because we've done this before you know we know how it all fits together so that was really good then we headed out and spent some time in the van and and we went straight pretty much straight to the french champs did a wee race there and uh, got through that race <laughs> It wasn't that was mental. Gnarly, right? It was absolutely mental. I was just like, "Oh my god!" I wish I'd had my head cam on for the the practice runs. They didn't let you use it in the in the race runs, but it was just like tiny, narrow single track over random rocks and boulders. Like, can you imagine like a deer track through the woods? You know how they just go yeah. random places like like that. It was exactly like that. It made no sense at all. It was absolutely <laughs> mental. So that was really good, but it was just good to do like a proper big day on the bike and race the French girls and stuff and just kind of be like, okay, we're back out. 
like I knew I we just traveled for a couple of days and stuff like that I knew I wasn't really kind of there but I was like this is really good prep like I'm I'm all right being here and getting smoked because I know that this is really good prep for when we go to Ladonve so that was yeah. cool and then we did like a good week or so in Samwins amazing oh, nice have you ridden there very cool I have yeah we did a week there about I don't know six seven years ago maybe <sighs> so good eh yeah so steep so mm-hmm. like natural mm. yeah really good yeah so that was awesome there's a nice spot to park the van up and stuff like that so it's just really nice chill vibes so it's like you know when my capacity would r- run down so much I just felt like I was really building it back out now you know filling it with good times and just being like okay sweet you know I've got energy again I'm actually and really enjoying this and I'm excited to race <laughs> you know I'm not stressed out my nut and can't see and just want to lie down and hide in a hole for a while you know so already second half of the season off to such a better start <laughs> that's a good place to be and it proved that it proved pretty well right Luden mm. VA was your best result of the season yeah yeah, yeah it was which was meant and it was quite a surprise actually because it's mostly just corners there there wasn't really a whole lot going on especially when the sort of gnarly stage that would have really been the race decider got cancelled because of the rain and um, the the rest of the stages were mostly either pedaling or just going around sort of corners that was it and I'm for me personally I want to work on my cornering and so to do well at a race where it's mostly corner and I was like, nice, well done. Okay. <laughs> like, this is good. This is really good. So, but again, like the biggest thing for me at that race, so the first half of the season, not really feeling like myself or able to push, I was actually felt like, oh, hello, nice to have you back. Like we're much closer to where you want to be. Like I'm actually attacking here and i'm i'm with it all the way down the hill i'm not just holding on i'm not worried about crashing i'm just looking ahead and i was like right this is this is this is feels good so regardless of the result i was just like mint like this is what i want from the racing i want to feel this good regardless of what it comes out at the end of the day but actually just be like yes that was a really good effort i'm really happy with that so yeah nice yeah that must have been yeah, good uplift coming into that second part of the season. Mm. And how are you how are you staying fit while you're out there? Obviously you're riding a lot, but you you haven't got like a gym that you carry around with you. How are you guys doing off the bike training? Well, we did we had um kettlebells with us. So we could do some okay. weightlifting of sorts, really. I had a med yeah. ball as well, so I could slam that a couple of times. Um nice. but at that point excuse me it's just maintenance really and you're just kind of keeping the bike times really giving you all the battering that you need um okay and yeah i i kind of go with the do all the hard work and then just ride your bike kind of thing just do efforts on the bike and stuff like that yeah keep you sharp and Mm. then yeah crans montana was next that that was Mm -hmm. a fairly gnarly race that one Mm. well what was gnarly because we'd driven from Samwens to Luronve, which is like a 10-hour drive, and then we had to do it back, basically, and pass there to Crans Montana. So that's a lot of driving to then... So we did those double header, that double header race, 
drove 10 hours to Kranz and then got stuck back into it really. So it was really just trying to recover after those two races and that massive drive and get ready for Kranz, which was, I really enjoyed it actually because it was a cool challenge. There was a lot of big jumps and drops and stuff like that. And I, I, as much as I'm not like I need to work on it, I really enjoy the challenge of trying to do it because when you put together nice jumps, it feels great, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It doesn't happen very often for me, mm. but yeah. But the first the first morning of practice was utter chaos because you've got however many hundreds of people on this track and luckily we'd walk down it so we knew what was coming. But a lot of people obviously wouldn't have. And then you're just faced with like these gap gaps everywhere. And so you've got one run to try and hit these. One run. And then there's people everywhere. They're all trying to figure out how to hit them. You're trying to get a gap in the people so you can try and hit them. You come around the corner to hit the thing. There's people standing in the track. You know, like chaos. <laughs> people crashing. Eventually, one of the big drops got shut so we couldn't even practice it so I ended up just not doing it in the race because like I'm not hitting something random that I've never hit in the race you know like it was just yeah it was mental it was absolutely mental so it's it's just it's cool to have stuff like that in enduro just is difficult to manage when you've only got one run to try and figure it out and piece it together because you know you'll hit them you might push back up and hit the thing but then the next time you do it, it's in a full run. So like judging, you've still got then judge the pace of a full run through yeah. it, you know? So <laughs> it was quite wild. It was quite wild. Um, but yeah, that that was a that was a really cool race. I posted some really good stage times, which was meant. It was just a bit disappointing that the last stage of the race, I dropped from fifth back to seventh. It was oh, good. No. It was really good race. Like I was really happy, but at the same time, just like oh, <laughs> you know, like was that was that like fatigue kicking in or mistake or? I think it must have just been fatigue because uh, I gave everything I possibly could have given down there, and I had a pretty good run, but maybe just slightly too safe, maybe some fatigue. But either way, you know, again, it's like well, it's still everything you could have given, so you. You can be disappointed, but ultimately there's nothing you've got to be happy because there's nothing more you could have done in that situation. So Yeah. Yeah. Walk away with a smile. Yeah. And then on to mm. finale, which mm-hmm. was a pretty big weekend, wasn't it? I think a lot of people were kind of struggling because there hadn't been any mm. been a lot of double headers, but there hadn't been any huge days out on the bike, really. Yeah. Yeah, that was it was also so that you've done your massive drives, you've done the um, Crans Montana race, then you've got a few days to get to finale, it's a four-hour drive. And we were like, okay, fairly like woofja, we've just done three races in two weeks, it's full on. So we took a bit of time before we got to finale just to kind of chill in the mountains. We went up the Guida de Midi, which is amazing. Really nice really reset the brain just being like wow up this huge mountain it's so quiet up there like you can't hear any cars or anything like that and it's just I don't know the air must just be different and I hadn't been in a plane for a really long time and it felt like you were looking down on the clouds you know how you you have that kind of view in the, the plane it was kind of like that even like a way up there 
And I was like, yeah. oh, I've missed this. I love looking down out of plain windows. <laughs> so I was just like, it was just really nice just to do something completely different and unrelated, just really trying to refresh and get ready for for a big race weekend. So, yeah. Um, and I was excited about it because I was like, yeah, too right. Like, Enduro's been weird this year, and finally we've got like an actual Enduro, you know, big race. On. Yeah. So that was cool. You know, you actually have to think about, okay, I've got a two and a half hour climb. Where are the water stops? You know, I'm not going back to the pits for this whole race. How how much fuel do I need to take? You know, that's a huge part of enduro that hadn't really been part of it this year until mm. that point. We really had to think and plan. And I love that, that side of it. So I was stoked. I was like, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. It was, and it's uh I mean, a challenging set of tracks, right? I've heard people say it's, it can be kind of hard to find the flow on some stuff and can be a bit janky, but is it a place that you generally enjoy riding? Well, the th- yeah. The thing is, when you're not racing there, usually you ride the mint stuff, which is good fun. But this year, that's what we raced on. So that okay. was actually quite cool. Different, because usually you go to Finale and it's either sort of real gnarly, you know, we really usually do gnarly stuff, or it's very awkward or a combination of the both whereas this time it was fairly chill flow trail most of the time so it was a different different kind of finale this this year yeah and how was it i, I think i've heard you say you were, you probably didn't realize but you were you were pretty done before you even started that race yeah well i was i was all right and then you know i turned but turned it around because i was very done after crowns I was very cooked <laughs> and then we went and had sort of a bit of a brain break and I was feeling refreshed and I was like yeah okay go time again let's do this did the pro stage had a huge crash lost a heap of time and just got a bit of a fright because I'd hit I'd landed on my side mostly on my shoulder but just like tapped my head off the ground doof like that and it just like I was like oh my god like I've not hit my head off anything, you know, not even done it off the door or anything like that for a long time. And so I was just like, oh, you know, I was like, not again, not again, not again, not again. I was like, you've not even hit your head. Why are you freaking out? You know, but it was just like, <laughs> like this, all, I had to like calm myself down. I was like, right, okay, just chill out. You know, you took it all through your shoulder. You took, definitely took it through your shoulder. Yeah, you it's felt that. <laughs> um, but that was a bit of a sort of, it gave me a bit of a shake and obviously lost a lot of time. And then the next day just didn't make any time up. And it was really just like, okay, you know, <laughs> can we just be finished? <laughs> I started the season like that and it's now the end. And I'm like, okay, that's enough. I, I think partly as well, like I almost done what I needed to do. And I, I was running out of fight and I was running out of everything. And I was like, cool. Well, you've proven to yourself, you've proven to the world, you are still in touch, you've still got pace, you can still be up there. You still need to hold on and, and push through because anything can happen. You know, nothing's over till the finish line, but yeah, like I say, there was just not a lot left to give. And it's so frustrating, like even just talking about this because it's just like, I don't like turning up and not being able to give everything although I was giving everything it was just not 
the everything I wanted to be able to give, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I had to just keep doing that, you know, just keep turning up and not being 100% and just doing it anyway and just being like, yes, okay, you know, come on, keep going. Like, it's, it's hard to keep doing that, keep putting yourself out there. Did you feel like you'd kind of made your point by that part of the season? Like you'd sh- like mm. say you'd sort of shown people that you could do it. Was there any part of you that were was kind of ready to pack up and be like, actually, I've shown what I'm capable of. That's enough. I think I'm so. Call it or yeah, I think so. I think because I was so tired, and then I'd done what I needed to do. I was just like, okay, can we just can we just stop now? Like, you know, that's that's an uh, that's enough. I've I've, <laughs> I've burnt all of my candles now. Like, can we just, yeah. <laughs> can we stop? Because when we went home, I had like a week. But this, you know, all all the time that this is happening, the day before practice in Crans, I got the visa through to apply for New Zealand and I had to do that straight away. So I did that. Then by the time we headed home, I got approved. And so we were booking flights and things like that. So there's like there's always other things going on in athletes lives, you know, and that was, that was one thing that was happening for me. And I think there was also a lot of relief that that was now happening in my, in my mind. It was like, okay, you mm-hmm. know, this is the first sign that things are going to be better moving forward, you know, okay, sweet. You're not going to do a Scottish winter again. You're not going to do a long distance relationship again. You know, this is, things are starting to work out now, you know, and I think that starts you just have your blinkers on and all of a sudden you're just like oh things are hot you know I've had some good results and it looks like I'm going to be going to New Zealand things are finally getting better after for so long seeing no light in at the end of the tunnel so yeah fair enough yeah Yeah. do you think if the last round wasn't in your kind of hometown you you wouldn't have raced it was it was it nah. the fact that it was in and Lethen, or are you just the sort of person that can't quit? No, I can't quit. As much as I want to quit, I will never quit. You know, like that's as as grim as it gets. I will still be there, and I'll still be chipping away. You know, <laughs> like it's not. It's like this. That's my my dad said to me when I was a kid when I was doing XC racing. He was like, "It's not. It's never over till you've crossed the finish line." So I'm all. It's always a little bit of hope. Like, well. Anything can happen, you know. You might feel like this now. That's why I don't have the sort of watchy things telling me how I'm feeling and stuff because I'm like, anything can happen. Maybe you'll feel really good, actually. You know, maybe you're going to come around and, you know, there's always that bit of hope of like, yeah, it could be better, you know. Oh, this is another opportunity. This is another chance to do a little bit better. Even if you don't feel like you can, or in that moment you're like, "This is the worst decision ever." It's like, but it's still a chance. Like it's still an opportunity. You've got to make the most of this. And I was still doing all right in the overall, so I still had a job to do and a job to finish. But it was so funny the week of the Scottish race. You know, like riding around, people like so buzzing for it, and I'm just like an absolute shell of a human. Eh? And they're just like, "Oh, are you excited for your home race?" And I'm like. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it's gonna be good I was like I'm actually really tired but yeah it's gonna be good it's like this is this might be the first bit of big race that you're you've seen in the UK for a while but this is the last race in a very long season for me 
<laughs> and you didn't you have a big crash the week before it? Yes, I did. Really big. I clipped a tree. I was actually riding the e-bike and uh, I clipped a tree because the handle I hadn't cut the handlebars down and I was riding and I looked oh, in, no. you know, and I clipped a tree and obviously the weight of an e-bike once it starts to tip and it was on a sort of, you're obviously going downhill, so you clip the tree. I clipped the tree with my right hand swung around to the left so you're falling from the left side down the hill and then just slammed into the ground with my body my shoulder body boof like that and oh my goodness joe joe was down the track a bit and he heard it and came back up I was actually with raywin and um her partner jesse and he was like that was huge and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty big, but actually, I'm somehow all right, which was meant. Like, I had to go to the chiropractor a few times just to try and release everything because obviously, you just clam up when you hit the ground that hard, you become like a little stiff board. So, that was less than ideal prep, you know. Like, can you come on, <laughs> just get to this race? <laughs> We're so close to the end. Come on, <laughs> hold it together. Let's get it done. Let's get it, it done. Must, that- it must have been a wild race because, I mean, I was up there. The crowd, considering the weather, the crowd was incredible. But being like the hometown hero as well mm-hmm. and with the year that you'd had and, you know, a huge amount of support there for you, that must have been pretty humbling. Oh, man, it was incredibly humbling. And just like there was a lot of emotions going on for me in that race anyway because I was like all my family's here and they've been here through this whole journey with me from the very, very beginning and particularly this year, all the friends that have stood by me and everything were there. And so it was like a massive shared experience of like, this is the fight. This is the last hurdle now and we're here together doing it. And so that was incredible. And then the support just absolutely blew me away. Like I couldn't believe it. Like I was just like, wow, you know, so many people, want me to do well here you know they want me to you know have a really great race and I just fed off that energy and it really really got me through because it was it was hard you know I'm not I was in no state really but I was there and I was doing it and I was just feeding off that energy and it was honestly one of the highlights of my life that race like being in amongst that crowd and being cheered on so loud oh it was amazing like the support meant so much to me it was a like it brings such a big smile to my face just thinking about it again because it was the like just the absolute coolest thing to have so many people there one just loving bike racing and they're supporting and then also just going absolutely mental it was amazing like amazing <laughs> i was like this the the scene the bike scene in the uk is insane and i'm so privileged to be able to be here in front of that crowd racing and to, have, to be surrounded for that by that on my final race of the year of what's been a really hard year to have that as the finish oh man incredible yeah and there was a lot of moxie 11 merch kicking around on the hill as well like yes must have felt pretty cool like something that you've built not even for a year and there's like half in Lethem wearing moxie 11 yes including your fine self oh yeah well got support where you can that was amazing yeah it was really really cool 
it was really cool. It was like, yes, the whole gang's here. People are behind this and people want to support it. And, you know, because you get a lot of, like I've had loads of support online and stuff like that, but to see people in the flesh wearing wearing the merch and and wanting to have a chat and I've been following and all, all this, it's like, wow, this is really cool. Like this is amazing support. Yeah, very grateful, very grateful. Definitely, yeah. And the most important question were your key sponsors happy with your performance? GMAR and GPAR, <laughs> what, what were their views on things? Yes, they were very well done. Well done. You've done a very good job. Yes, well done. You should be proud of yourself. <laughs> they, were happy. Was, yeah, they were happy. They were happy. It's cool to see that on your jersey throughout the season. Oh, so special. I mean, you can't, you couldn't have written the past year, and that's that was really special to have them on board and actually have them with they're always with me but they were really with me this year like actually being there on the jersey was really really special yeah very cool Mm -hmm. so what what would you say have been kind of the most important things for you to help you get through this season you mentioned alan and and kind of the role that he's played but Mm -hmm. are there other like people or routines or techniques that have helped you get through it well my friend emma has been was an absolute pillar for me she gave me a wee job over the winter, which was mint, and was just my sounding board for all my crap. <laughs> I was just like, because <laughs> she's real, just she's just really onto it. She runs her own um, business. She makes um, kids' clothing, like baby clothes, uh-huh. beautiful stuff. And uh, so she's actually doesn't give herself enough credit, but she's really onto it, and so. But- Let's give her a shout out. Where what's the brand? Emma Neil Handmade for all Emma your Emma Neil. How do you spell Neil? N E A L E. Got it. Emma Neil Handmade. Yep, she makes all Sweet. the stuff herself, and it's lovely. And she, so she's she does all of that herself. So she's got real good insight into making decisions, and you know, especially when I'm essentially setting up my own business, kind of thing. And yeah, so a lot of the decisions, and also. She, she listens to a lot of podcasts and stuff about, you know, all all sorts of things. And so she knows a lot of stuff. <laughs> this is very general, but she does. So she's very well-rounded. So when I'm coming and I'm like, oh, this has happened. She's like, well, you know, so it's like a really sound person to have who's got my best interests at heart, but also a good friend enough to be like, nah. <laughs> get your head down come on and she we would go to the gym together and stuff like that as well and it was awesome having a gym partner she'd be like right we're going and I'd be like right, okay let, let's go and you know when she wasn't feeling so good I'd be like come on Emma let's go we're doing it so that that was huge you know having having a partner in crime like that keeping you going and keeping you accountable as well as was huge for me obviously my family I couldn't have done it without them and I, I I think it really comes down to having that support network around you really made the biggest difference difference for me. Um, other things, I actually will be quite open about this. I was seeing a counsellor the whole time through the winter. Mm-hmm. It was something I wanted to do anyway. And I also want to just get rid of the stigma because you don't need to have anything wrong or any issues to be going to chat to someone about that, anything. It's just sometimes yeah, good to have somebody just to chat to or work yeah. through some other stuff from the past or whatever 
And I would just was like, cool, I've got a bit of time at home. I'm just going to do this while I can. And then actually turned out to be a massive help because everything fell apart, you know. So we were already working on some various bits and pieces, um, but then became huge with my learning ar- around like the nervous system and stuff like that and just helping kind of try and keep the stress low and bring me cool. back, you know. Because you've got three yeah. different zones of the nervous system um, where you're chill. I should have had these written down because I'm going to say them wrong. But you can look this up on Google, nervous system. But you're like your more chill zone and then you've got like a red zone, which is more stressful where you're, you're you know, angry or stressed out. You know, you're high energy like, Ooh. and then once that gets too much, you go into the freeze where you're just numb. Mm-hmm. You don't feel anything. Nothing's happening. And so I would keep going up into that. And so she would help me come back out of that. So there was a lot of this going on as well. So, yes. Interesting stuff. That so you've, helps. You've learned, you've learned a lot this season, right? What, what are the yeah. big kind of takeaways for you, like things that you'll carry with you forever that you think will help you? I think when you're put in a situation like that where – the rugs pulled out from under your feet and you you know you you go from everything to nothing you what happens next if you you know making the decision to carry on and actually following through with all of that backing myself has made me sort of actually go oh you know you can do this you know it's helped me believe in myself a lot more than I did before because I nobody else was going to do this for me apart from me, and I made that happen. And so anyone that's in a situation like that is, is a huge opportunity to grow within yourself and realize you can you can back yourself and you can make things happen. And you're like, wow, sweet. You know, there are opportunities out there if you're willing to take them and be uncomfortable for a while. And that's the key is that it was a huge learning opportunity for me. It was hugely uncomfortable, but the amount I've grown is more I'd grown in the last sort of five, six years, you know? So that's a big learn that you can, you know, I can back myself. Okay, sweet. You can do this. Another big learn was the whole season. I was trying to figure out whether doing it myself or being on a team was better because I'd always want to just start my own setup at some point and all season I was trying to figure that out and um, it really took till quite late in the season for me to sort of be like actually personally for me because I think doing it yourself can work for people and it does work for people but for me personally I I need to hand over the jobs to other people (laughs) so that I don't wear (laughs) all of the hats in order for me personally to get the best performance out of myself so I think in terms of, because ultimately I've got to make a living. So that's always going to play a part. Okay, how are you going to do this? And running your own program and growing it from where I'd built it, there was potential where I, I could earn earn money mm-hmm. and possibly more money than I would if I was on a team. But the team okay. invests so much money into having mechanics, having everything sorted, all of that budget is is still there although you don't see it 
but someone else is taking care of that. So the extra money you potentially make by doing your and running your own program also means that you're actually getting the extra money because you're the person that's organizing everything. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you can take a bit less and hand over to someone else, then then that's satisfying. But for me, I had to, you know, I had to be like, right, what is the priority here? You know, do you want to just turn up to these races, do a good job for the brands that you're working with and just, you know, have a nice time? You know, what's the priority here? And I was like, nah, I, I want to win. You know, I, I realized by turning up to these races, not being able to give everything I possibly can and not be as competitive as I possibly can wasn't satisfying. So mm-hmm. that's how I made the decision. I was like, what well, I value winning. <laughs> I want to win. I wanna, I'm in pursuit <laughs> of that. That is what I really, really want is to, to be at the really sharp end. How do you do that? Okay, well, running my whole program program is going to take maybe three years before it's in a position to allow me to do that. I'm 28. I don't have three years that I'm willing to do that for. I want to. I want to be putting everything into it so I can be at the sharp end now. Okay, sweet. That means you need a team. How are we going to make that happen? So that was kind of the. That was the big learn for me. And satisfying yeah. as well, because I think if I'd gone straight onto a team this year, I would never have had the opportunity to figure out whether doing it myself or not would be better. Yeah, you'd always have that as a what if kind of thing, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when did you start having conversations with people? Like, did, did you start going to teams? Did teams start coming to you? How did that all start coming together? Teams started coming to me, which was meant. I was like, thank you, everybody. <laughs> this is really nice how early in the season was that like when when did that start happening um I think if I had actually made my mind up a little bit earlier I could have started the conversations a lot earlier but they Uh came to me in around finale okay so that could have also compiled the 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 I've had enough now because (laughs) I think like when for me when these conversations started happening it wasn't that long ago when I was I had just finished having those kind of conversations and obviously the sort of the stress from before starts to come up back up you know your brain starts going oh my god is this gonna happen again you know is it gonna be the same as last year and that's when Alan was like it can never be the same as last year because and you know joe and alan are similar even though this is alan's job joe's got such a logical calm mind he's like worst case scenario you do what you did this year you know so already you're in a lot better position because you'll know that's what you're doing (laughs) rather than finding that out in april you know so i was like all right okay sweet 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 so yeah that's when it all kind of started and then i had quite a few options on the go which is meant and then it was just trying to figure out what was going to allow me to do what I needed to do really yeah are there are there big differences between the options like I'm guessing salaries vary a little bit but the whole infrastructure the team everything they're going to invest in you I'm guessing is different as well yeah 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 absolutely and I wanted to I'm really enjoying doing the keeping up with Katie stuff and I you know I learned a lot from being on Trek as well, like what I value and what I want to, I want from the team too. 
And so I really wanted to be able to work closely with the marketing team and have that, but have that opportunity to do that. You know, I want to learn about that kind of thing. I really enjoyed doing that side of things on my own program. And I want to learn and I want to be able to help out with that and try and, you know, I've got these ideas. Can we do something? You know, can we actually do something with this? You know, I wanted to have, I wanted to be able to work with a brand that would be keen on that as well as, as, as the performance side of things. So that was crucial. Also good people, highly important. You know, the environment is, is incredibly important. So yeah, it's, there's a lot more that goes into it than just getting on a factory team. It's, for me personally, I wanted to be on a team where I would then perform, not just be on a factory team and then, you know, slowly seep out of the sport. You know? Yeah. So. Did it take long to, to make the final decision? Well, I kind of got a bit of time pressure that a decision needed to be made. So I had a lot of conversations and it was funny because I was like to Joe, I might, I might like have this sorted before we even go into quarantine. I was like, nah, not a chance, not a chance. But at the last meeting in quarantine, I'd already decided by that point that I had all the conversations I needed to have. And yeah, that was it. Boom. Sweet. So GT factory racing is the choice, yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's very cool. So that's you, Noga and Wynn for the EWS side of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so when I'll drop That's... in and out, his main focus will be on the World Cup stuff. So, uh-huh. Yeah, it's really, okay. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm absolutely buzzing on it because I was chatting with them and stuff and you get a feel for the people straight away. And I was like, these guys are really nice. Like, I was like, I think, you know. But obviously, <laughs> the cynic in me is always like, yeah, they're nice now because they want you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are they like in six months? Yeah, but then the thing is, like, we've already had, like, we had a meeting, the whole team together to have a chat and stuff like that. And I was like, this is really nice. And then they got the whole marketing team on board to have a whole meeting with us too. And I was like, this is really good. Like, they really value this program. They're obviously really excited because it's their 50th, year anniversary and that's an amazing opportunity to be a part of that with a brand to celebrate celebrate that with them and yeah they've they've invested in getting cam cole on as the team manager as well and Mm -hmm. yeah it just feels like they've kind of gone okay what do we need to do to make this the best possible team like how can we have the support in there for the athletes okay we want really good communication so if there's any problems you know we need to talk about it you know we want this to be as open as possible so we can be as good as possible and i was just like yes this is great (laughs) sweet yeah did you did you have the opportunity to try any of the bikes before making a decision or is it more has it been more about the opportunity and the the people yeah, for sure. I hadn't, I haven't tried that bike at all. It's obviously working for Noga, and Noga and I are about the same height, so I'm like, well, yeah. that's this should be all right. Um, it was obviously, it was not a decision I made lightly to move to GT because obviously they're using Fox and Shimano and Stram were huge for me last year in helping me gets get through that and supporting me and everything so it was not a decision that I made lightly but 
everything it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down you know I was like I can't I'm not doing I'm not doing this myself again <laughs> I'm not doing <laughs> it myself again I've got this great opportunity with this awesome brand with all these people like I can't I can't turn that down now unfortunately um for SRAM and things but you know they're they were like Nat if this is what you need to do we we fully support you you crack on and you know we'll see you at the races so it's great great to have their blessing and from all the brands that I worked with so yeah it was it was a big decision but I'm confident that I will be all good on that bike because when you jump on a bike and you're doing it yourself you don't have the testing and things whereas I've got a mechanic that's going to tell me and have answer all the questions that I have about the setup and things like that we're going to have and would be able to work with them to f- make this bike as best as possible for me personally as well. So there's a lot, a lot there for me that I'm like, well, even though it's going to be a big change, I'll be able to make it work because I've got the support to do that. Fantastic. And cool to be on a team with Noga as well, I guess. I mean, you've, you've ridden alongside other women on teams before mm-hmm. you rode with Casey quite yeah. a bit when you're on track together like it must be cool to have another fast woman to go out and practice with and like effectively you're in the same category kind of similar pace I guess like good to thrive mm. off each other or is yeah. there a bit of rivalry as well Nah, I get on real well with Noga actually because I think a lot of us girls have come from cross country and like overtrained ourselves and and you know all of that stuff that that's a big pattern with enduro a lot of the girls that have come from xc that's that's what's happened and there's a a deeper appreciation for each other because we know each other's pain i think and i, I think that that unites us really well and for noga and I, I i've always got on really well with noga and i'm uh, and she's fun you know <laughs> i think it's going to be a lot of fun and i think we can learn from each other and the good thing is i find that because we're not racing head to head it's easier to be friends than if you were racing you know because we're doing a time trial basically i want her yeah. to have her best run i want to have my best run and then we just see who wins and that's it you know whereas when you're racing head to head there's a bit more tactics in there there's a bit more elbows out <laughs> It can be a little bit more mind gamey, whereas I think this is going to be just a good time and a good collaboration. So, and a, and like the opportunity to be with a big brand that goes, nah, we want, you know, we've got, we've lost our big man, but we're going to replace it with another female, and we're going to have two top females repping, and we're not a female only brand, you know, we're we're just a a bike brand. I think that's really really cool. Yeah, it is. It's very cool to see. And Noga's not afraid of a bit of World Cup downhill racing every now and again. She's been uh, enjoying a bit of that. Would yeah. you uh, Would you ever be tempted? Oh, I am. I'm heavily tempted. I'm heavily tempted. That's it's it's in the plan. I'm just not sure. Ah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. So, is there are there any elements of the whole like privateer thing? from this year that you'll kind of want to keep like is the is the chicken fried rice making an appearance in 2022 Uh, are there any elements of it that you've really enjoyed and that you want to be part of it um I think I think what I will be good for me is like coming in and just continuing to do do me 
when I'm at these races and not not just kind of I don't know I think I know what's important for me now and I can bring that into the team rather than going along with what's happening with the team you know what I mean you can kind of bring your mm-hmm. own side of it fresh eyes you know and uh yeah. the 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 chicken fried rice will definitely be staying I mean that's a staple <laughs> staple meal <laughs> on the regular um I'm trying to think what else it's it's fairly similar it's just going to be meant to have a have a team now you know I think there's not a whole lot that I'll bring other than now I can do my job properly and I'm going to be a hell of a lot happier about it. <laughs> yeah. And is will van life continue or will you be in some fancier accommodation? Um, we haven't figured that out yet because Joe, Joe and I will need to figure out how we're going to go around the races and things. So I think there'll still definitely be some van life. Um, but we've not, we've not got that far yet. <laughs> in our planning (laughs) fair play so yeah how are you feeling then this year this time this year compared to this time last year it's a pretty different outlook yeah yeah i have to keep pinching myself eh? like i really it feels like a dream like i'm just like is this actually happening is this really real life because i'm just like wow like it's so different and I keep saying it, like I keep posting about it in my social media because I want people to know, like, if they're having a really tough time right now, it can be so different in 12 months. Like, it's so different. Like, I'm in New Zealand where I want to be with Joe, the person I want to be with. It's summer. I can do my training properly. I've got an amazing team. Like, last this time last year, I was just about to have a breakdown. <laughs> You know, and it was snowing and it was crap and I was unhappy. Like, it's it's wild. It's absolutely wildly different. That's incredible. Yeah, you must feel like you're set up so much better to get ready for the season Yeah. now compared to this time last year. Yeah, like I feel, like I feel a weight lifted and it's so weird, you know, because it's really just all in your mind. But that weight's gone. I'm like, wow, like I've just handed all this stuff over to other people to sort out the bike to sort out the marketing like I was like oh this is great like I've sent through the words that I needed to write to GT now someone else is going to write the press release you know we did the photos a few weeks ago like it's all sorted and someone else is doing it this is really nice you know I've been training this week and this is huge because I'm like I've been doing quite a lot of work in the gym and stuff and then I did a longer ride yesterday and I was just like hello body you are just actually working I was like this like every session I did last year felt hard you know it felt so hard and now I was just like wow my body's actually recovering again and it wasn't doing that and I knew it wasn't doing that but I was just having to keep doing it anyway but I was like it's recovering and I'm actually I can feel it getting gains out of the sessions you know I'm like this is this is working it's adapting and I was like, that is massive because it was a really important after the season to try and actually bring my body back, you know, get rid of all that stress, try and really let it out, you know, not pile on anything so that it could kind of really come down and it's worked and now I feel good. And I'm like, right, the training, I can, I can take this on. I can recover. I'm going to be able to actually do my job properly. And that's so satisfying. 
And that's actually that one of the big mint. big things I learned from that I forgot to mention was so how important the environment is. And last year, you know, work work was hard because I was trying to figure out what team I was going to be on, but also my environment was hard because it was snowing, it was cold, I was, you know, everything was hard. So then when I went to train, training was harder, you know, because I was suffering in all aspects of my life. Whereas trying to relieve the pressure elsewhere meant means that when I suffer on the bike, it's fine because that's the only place I'm really suffering, you know. It's and it's positive. It's like, well, sweet mint, and then I come back, and everything else is okay. It's not just like this compounded suffering because my environment's good, you know. And I, I, yeah. I think that really just highlighted to me how important the environment is. Such a massive turnaround. It's awesome. Have mm-hmm. you have you guys got a team camp coming up? Is there anything planned? It's still global travel is not the most straightforward thing but will you be getting together before the season starts yeah it looks like we'll be getting together in may which will be mint so that gives me a good chunk of time to be in ship shape by then and a good chance to have a good load of riding on the bike here which is good you know we've got chairlifts it's summer there's plenty of time so yeah it's all all good very nice and first round of the ews is back in the tweed valley right Yes, it is. <laughs> How funny is that? <laughs> Back to where it all finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a completely different circumstance and hopefully with completely different weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. June instead of October. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, so you must have high hopes for that. I guess you're going to be coming in, all things being well, in a much, much better position. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. Yep, all going well. It will be really, really good. And I, again, it's, it all comes back to just going to be so much more satisfying being there and knowing that I've done everything I possibly can and I'm actually 100% again. <laughs> you know, and I can really put on a good show because it was really nice riding around in front of everybody, but I was like, yes, this is nice, but this is not really, <laughs> this is not really me at my prime, you know? And so, like, it's going to be great to be there and really put up a good fight you know i want to fight again rather than just kind of make up the numbers <laughs> awesome good stuff well that yeah feels like a good place to leave it mm-hmm. and uh yeah i'm super stoked for you it's incredible what you've been through and what you've done over the last 12 and a bit months is uh yeah it should be an inspiration to a lot of people it certainly is for me uh, it's cool to see that it's worked out so well for you and uh yeah i'm really excited to see how you go on gt look forward to seeing you racing and not just riding around in the tweed valley in june and uh, yeah hope you have a good off season hope new zealand treats you well and then uh, we'll see you at the races in 2022 thank you so much chris i really appreciate it and thanks everybody for listening nice one cheers katie <laughs> cheers all right that's it for this episode with katie i really hope you've enjoyed it A massive thanks to The Strength Factory. If you live a busy life, but you're looking to make sustainable gains in your fitness this year, then their Over 40s MTV program is for you. The program is written so that you can do it in a gym, but you can also do it at home with just a few cheap resistance bands. So whatever life gives us in 2022, you can keep going and be in the best possible condition when the dry trails return. So if you want to get better this year, then head over to thestrengthfactory.uk now and check it out. That's thestrengthfactory.uk. 
Also, a massive thanks to Kotick, a brand that not only makes great bikes, but are also doing amazing things for our sport. Their customer focus means that they've adapted to all the supply chain disruption by offering partial builds and offering to swap out components with stuff that you might already have. It really is your bike built for you. So if you want a new bike, they'll do everything they can to help you make it happen. You can check them out over at kotick.co.uk or give them a call and talk to an actual person about your dream build. If you like print and want a quality mountain bike print product in your life, then the brand new biannual downtime EP is for you. It's a collab with the awesome team over at Miss Spent Summers, so if you've ever read Hurley Burley, The World Stage, Spent or Meltdown, then you'll know just how good Downtime EP is going to be. Head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP now to grab a copy of issue one. Also, my full range of merch is ready to go over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. There's t-shirts, sweatshirts, shorts, joggers, hoodies, and all proceeds go to help improving the podcast. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. Just a couple more quick things. Please help spread the word and tell your mates about the podcast. The more people who listen, the easier it is for me to keep this thing going. Secondly, if you've got some time to share the episodes on your social media, it's a really awesome way to spread the word and get a bit of buzz going around the episodes too. All right, we're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until then, get out and ride. (laughs) 